The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. So what actually did happen on January 6th at the Capitol? It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, biblical scholar and cultural commentator, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity. Call 866-34-TRUTH to get on The Line of Fire. And now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Line of Fire today. Michael Brown coming from our studio at CFNI in Dallas. Great to be with you, having a great time with the students this week. Here's another call. Anything you want to talk to me about, you want to weigh in, you want to differ with what I'm saying today, you want to agree with what I'm saying, you got a question on another subject, 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. That is the number to call. There's a lot of ground I'm going to cover. There are a number of controversial subjects we're going to talk about today. But as always, my goal is, is not just heat, but light. My goal is to tackle a controversy so that we have an edifying outcome. As I've said many times, I will not get your blood boiling unless I also get your faith rising. My goal is not to get you angry and upset and rather say, okay, let's look at some things that are going on. They are, they are concerning on different levels, but now let's get a faith response. Let's check back in with the Lord and get a faith response so we know how to walk before the Lord, how to live our lives out, how to respond to those who differ with us. All right, before, before I get to January 6th and recent footage that Tucker Carlson released and the massive controversy swirling around, I've got a couple of clips I'm going to play for you. Let's go back to CPAC, to President Trump speaking at this conservative political alliance, former President Trump, and in the midst of his speech, these were the most quoted words. Listen to what he had to say. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. All right. So those words, I am your retribution, they have been quoted left and right. His words have created a firestorm of controversy, as you would expect. Now, on the one hand, if, if Donald Trump is your man, if you voted for him, if you want to vote again, if you're excited that he's running for president in 2024, you're thrilled to hear this because once again, he's fighting for you. Once again, he's coming against the system. You've been hurt by the deep state. You've been hurt by the government. You've been, you've been hurt by the social media giants. You've been hurt by this group or that group. And, and not only is he your voice, but he's your warrior. He's your justice. He's your retribution. He's going to get your, he, he's going to get your payback. You've been hurt. He's going to hurt those who hurt you, and he's going to help you in the process. Trump is fighting for you. If, if you're against Trump, if you didn't vote for him or you wouldn't vote for him, or you're a critic of Trump, these words are actually scandalous to you. You can't believe that he would actually say this. This is him at his worst, at his ugliest, at his most obnoxious, at his most dangerous. What, was he going to call some holy war against other people? Is he himself going to carry out acts of vengeance against people? So... Depending on your viewpoint, you hear those words very, very differently. Uh, let me tell you what comes to mind when I hear those words. I think of Romans, the 12th chapter, where, where, where God says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And that goes back to a quote from Deuteronomy 32 that, that Paul is actually quoting. In fact, let me, let me read the passage in terms of where Paul actually quotes these words. This is what he says, Romans chapter 12, beginning verse 19. Beloved, never 
avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. It's quoting from Proverbs 25. Do not be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good. See, when, when we want personal vengeance, that's very different than justice. When, when a, a woman has been abandoned by her husband, she and her kids have been abandoned by her husband, and he's not paying alimony, he's not paying child support, they're hurting because of it, and he's a multi-billionaire, and he's just neglecting them. Well, it's perfectly good and right to go to the court and to get him to pay. The goal is not to hurt him. The goal is not to take him out. The goal is not to see him die or go to hell. The goal is that he does what is right so that your family is taken care of. That's one thing. It's one thing if you have a business agreement with someone and, and they betray you and they, 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 they rob the company blind and now you can't pay your employees, your hardworking employees because of this, and you go to court for righteous settlement. Righteousness is a good thing. And we should all have a heart for justice. I mean, throughout Scripture, it calls for justice, justice, justice. Just some of the verses that come to mind. Deuteronomy 16, 20, this is part of the Torah, part of the law. Follow justice and justice alone so that you may live and possess the land the Lord your God is giving you. And through the prophet Amos, God told the children of Israel, I hate your religious festivals. They're full of hypocrisy. As he said through Isaiah, your hands are stained with blood. Rather... Amos 5.24, let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. It even says in, in Psalm 89 and Psalm 97 that righteousness and justice, the foundation of God's throne. So we as God's people should be people who stand for justice. When we see inequality in our society, we should stand against it. When we see prejudice, discrimination, when we see various aspects of injustice, we should stand against those things and pursue justice, pursue righteousness. That's part of pursuing God's kingdom. These things are important in his sight. Paul even said in Romans 14 that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. But righteousness and the pursuit of justice are very, very different from retribution and from vengeance and, and from I'm, you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. So our heart should be for those who've sinned against us. God, help them to repent so that they can receive mercy. I was at, at a private prayer retreat this past weekend, and somehow it came to mind different people who've sinned against me over the years, different people who've lied about me, maligned me, tried to hurt me over the years, whether they knew they were lying or not, they, what they did was malicious and wrong. And I was just before the Lord, and, and a number of people or situations came to mind and I said, Lord, I don't want personal vindication. I don't need personal vindication because God knows. If God knows your heart, that's sufficient. He'll, he'll set things right. He knows how to do that, all right? Uh, Lord, I, this is not about me personally. I said, I just want to see them blessed. And in my heart of hearts before the Lord, that was really my desire. I want to see them blessed. But I know as long as they're spreading gossip and slander, I know as long as they're critical of the Holy Spirit, I know as long as they're spreading misinformation or trying to hurt me or hurt others that they can't be fully blessed. So I want them to repent, not so that they come groveling to me, Mike, I'm so sorry I sinned against you. Fine, I forgive them. That's not the issue. But rather, I want to see them blessed. If my heart was vengeance, I want to see them hurt. 
I want to see them go down. I want to see them suffer. I want to see them pay. That's God's business. Let God sort that out. Again, I'm not talking about pursuing justice. If, if, if someone murders your neighbor and you, you see that car pull away and, and you, you, you call 911, you give them the license plate, say there was a murder just committed, I saw the car pull away. You want to see justice. You, you want to see things set right in terms of the courts and that person off the streets and in jail. You want to see that. That's different than saying, I'm going to hunt that person down and I'm going to kill them because they killed my neighbor. They're two different spirits and two different attitudes. So for us, don't, don't look to a man or party or an organization to be your retribution. Remember what God says. Vengeance is mine. I will repay. On our end, how do we treat our enemies? What do we do? We overcome evil with good. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In so doing, you'll heap coals of fire on his head. What exactly does that mean? Commentators debate that. It seems to mean you, you will bring them to a point of contrition and repentance. It even may refer back to an, an Egyptian rite where a penitent person would have literally coals of fire put on their head as an act of repentance. Paul could be saying, metaphorically quoting from Proverbs, that that's what happens. Overcome evil with good. Bless those who curse you. Show love to those who hate you. This is how we live differently. This is how we follow the Jesus example. This is how we do not retaliate. I will call out evil, but it's not a personal matter for me wanting vengeance on someone or I'm trying to hurt them. I will rebuke that which is wrong. I will pursue justice and stand with you in the pursuit of justice. I will fight for the lives of the unborn. I will stand against corrupt influences trying to hurt our children. Absolutely. But that is very, very different from retribution and vengeance. So let's be careful to leave to God what belongs to God and then for us to do our part as followers of Jesus. All right, 866-34-TRUTH. A little later in the show, I want to tell you how I responded to a meme that was sent by an old family friend. One of her grandsons, I think, forwarded it. So she and her husband, strong believers, but not everyone in the family is a strong believer. I want to share how I responded because it's something that does come up a lot. But January 6th, to many Americans, that is, quote, the insurrection. That was one of the darkest moments in American history when tens of thousands of Americans converged on the Capitol with the goal of overthrowing the government violently. To others, that is a complete exaggerated picture, even a false picture, that there were other elements like Antifa and others that infiltrated, that tried to stir up the crowds and make things look bad, that in fact, the people that were there, the, the Christians that were there and the pro-Trump people were there, they were, they were peaceful and they simply wanted to see the elections carried out correctly because they believed the elections were stolen, and that the, the police were in on this, that they actually let people in, and, and that the government was in on this to not have sufficient police and to try to make the thing look bad. To, so you've got these wildly different perspectives. The January 6th hearings, on the one hand, a ton of footage was covered, a ton of people were interviewed, on the other hand, the people in the January 6th hearing obviously were anti-Trump with a particular mindset and agenda. So you've got all these polarizing factors that play in. I refer to January 6th, 2020, as the storming of the Capitol, or 2021, excuse me, as the storming of the Capitol. I have no question that the Capitol was stormed. I have no question that there were people there, pro-Trump people, 
who had been so so stirred by the fact that the elections were stolen, by their belief that the elections were stolen, by, by Trump saying we have to fight like H-E-L-L. And no, I don't believe he was calling for violence or for an attack on the Capitol. It was absolutely misguided on his end to say we're all going to march there. You don't do that with a crowd that big, especially when for weeks you're telling them the country's being stolen. We'll never have free elections again. So you're thinking, I've got to do this. I've got to do this for the sake of my kids and grandkids. And I know personally, through one of my close colleagues, that there were people that were going there, Christian leaders saying, we're, we're going to take the Capitol. We're store-. There were people actually planning on doing that. Do I believe it was an insurrection? What am I storming the Capitol? I'll explain, and then we'll get to the Tucker Carlson footage and the massive controversy surrounding it. We get back. You can weigh in. 866-34-TRUTH. Hear what Trivita customers are saying. Dr. Brown, I can't wait to tell you that those supplements are absolutely amazing. My strength has gone up at least 15 pounds in everything I do. I mean, I can curl, like I'll usually do curls with arms. You know, I'll do 40 to 45. I was doing 60 pound curls 10 times in each arm. And then yesterday, uh, I did a back workout, and I was doing weight that I haven't done since my 20s. Um, And I usually ride my bike to the gym. It's about a 10, 12-minute bike ride. And then on the way back, after I've done my weight training, you know, I ride back, but I'm, I'm huffing and puffing. And I rode my bike there and back, and I had so much energy. I'm telling you, the combination of the nitric oxide with the uh, MyoHealth is just amazing. I'm just, I can't believe how much strength I have right now. I mean, I'm just really excited about it. Trivita wants you to experience wellness too. Do something good for your heart and cardiovascular system. Learn how to get 25% off Nitric Oxide Plus. Call 800-811-9628 or go to Trivita.com. Use promo code BROWN25 in the shopping cart to receive 25% off your first order and Trivita will give a substantial portion of your order to help support the Line of Fire radio broadcast. Call 800-811-9628 or go to Trivita.com. Use promo code BROWN25 in the shopping cart. Get 25% off Nitric Oxide Plus. Call 800-811-9628. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks for joining us on the line of fire. Yes, so make an investment in your own wellness and 100% of your first order goes to support the line of fire, 800-811-9628. Thanks again to our partner, Trivita. So Tucker Carlson released some footage. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy released tens of thousands of hours of footage to Fox News. So, of course, their team goes through it, scours it, And they see some things that come up with a a very, very different picture. And here you have one of the the key guys, this 
one of, one of the key ringleaders in the one scene in this weird outfit, this shaman outfit, and he goes into the very house of Congress and, and, he, and he prays there and prays in Jesus' name and all of this. And, and here he is, what does he get, 41 months in prison, sentenced to that. And here he is just walking through and other people with him. And the police are just walking with him, even opening doors. And, and, and what in the world is going on? And then here you have one of the officers who was allegedly killed there uh, as, as a result of the storming of the Capitol. And here he is walking around and he's, he's, he's you know, directing things and telling people to go this way. He's wearing a, you know, his, his, his helmet and things like that. And I, I thought he was killed. What happened? This is one of the big narratives. So Tucker Carlson put this out and it has gotten a, a ferocious reaction. I'll tell you my own view in a moment. But it's gotten a really intense reaction, even from some Republican leaders, absolutely flipping out over this. Now, was it right to release the footage or not? That's a whole other debate. Do you release it to everybody or to nobody? That's a whole other debate. But this is uh, CBS News critiquing what Tucker Carlson did. Let's, let's listen. All right, a bit of a fact check this morning after Fox News host Tucker Carlson aired previously unseen video of the assault on the Capitol on his show last night. What Carlson did is use selected clips from surveillance tapes provided to him by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to claim falsely that journalists and lawmakers lied about the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Scott McFarlane is in Washington. Scott, good morning to you. Uh, you've been following this very closely. What stood out to you? Yeah, Tony, good morning. The narrative last night ignores the tens of thousands of pages of court filings we've read and the tonnage of footage already released by the Justice Department and shown in open court. And it ignores the powerful and at times tearful accounts of injured officers who are testifying under oath. Carlson called January 6th, quote, mostly peaceful and meek with a small percent that was violent. He showed limited, edited footage Monday night on his program that draws an audience of 3.5 million viewers and pointed to images of a few protesters shuffling through the halls of Congress. But our CBS News Review found more than 300 people charged with actually assaulting police amid the mob. And body-worn camera like this shows attackers using spray, sticks, baseball bats, stolen riot shields, sometimes their bare hands to beat police officers and damage the Capitol. In the days after the attack, five officers who served at the Capitol that day died. That includes Capitol Officer Brian Sicknick. Carlson showed video of Sicknick, who died one day after the attack, walking through the Capitol. Carlson saying Sicknick, quote, looked healthy and vigorous. But according to the report from the D.C. chief medical examiner, Officer Sicknick died after suffering two strokes at the base of his brainstem caused by a blood clot. He collapsed hours after being assaulted by the rioters. His family released a statement to CBS News Monday night saying in part, on video, Officer Sicknick looks like he managed to shake off the chemical irritants and resume his duties. His sense of duty sent him back in and no doubt contributed to his succumbing to his injuries. Mm. So there's a very, very different picture. Their picture, you're part of the family and seeing these things happening, part of Brian Sicknick's family seeing these things happening and getting upset and grieved over it. Were there elements of Antifa there provoking things? I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't have every detail. I don't know. I remember getting a call from one brother said, hey, I was there the whole day. 
and we were worshiping and praying and singing hymns. And then I saw this bus arrive and there were other people from the outside. And that's when things started to stir up. And, and I'm an eyewitness. I can tell you what happened. There could have been other people there to agitate. That's possible. And why there weren't sufficient police there with enough chatter that the government was getting or federal agencies were getting about different people who were planning on, on assaulting the Capitol or some, doing something that day. Those are, those are open questions. But there's no question to me that there were many thousands of people who were Trump supporters who may not have gone there initially planning to attack. Maybe some did, but that there were thousands that did engage in a violent assault on the Capitol. There's no there's no question to me. I remember watching the footage on January 6th of 2021 and getting on the air and we were playing footage. So, so if you were watching our live stream on Facebook or YouTube, on the Ask Dr. Brown channels on Facebook or, or, or uh, YouTube, if, if you were watching, you would have seen that the, the footage and the violence and the attacks. And I've read enough eyewitness testimony to say, yeah, of course, it was a small percentage of maybe several hundred thousand people there, but a very ugly percentage, a very destructive percentage, a scary percentage. And it was a very dark moment in our nation's history. And I said plainly that day that I blamed Donald Trump, not legally, but morally for the rhetoric, for the irresponsibility of being the most powerful man on the planet and speaking certain ways that are going to provoke unstable people to do things. Do I think 99% of the people went to D.C. without any thought in their mind that they're going to storm the Capitol or that they're going to try to, to have some kind of insurrection? Yeah, I, I don't believe that. That, that the vast, 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 vast majority of the crowd had any such thought when they got there. There were some small elements that did, but the vast, vast, vast majority, and I don't think so for a split second. However, some very, very ugly things did happen. People were provoked, and they were already on edge, and even some of the speeches that day were irresponsible given the particular climate. Now, Senator Chuck Schumer is not one of my favorite political leaders. I pray that he'll know the Lord, but his views are often very, very different than mine. But just to get his perspective on the Tucker Carlson tapes, and then I'll give you my perspective, all right? So, and then you can call in with yours, 866-34-TRUTH, right? Let's listen to what Senator Schumer had to say. To say January 6th was not violent is a lie, a lie pure and simple. I don't think I've ever seen a primetime cable news anchor manipulate his viewers the way Mr. Carlson did last night. I don't think I've ever seen an anchor treat the American people and American democracy with such disdain. And he's going to come back tonight with another segment. Fox News should tell him not to. Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, tell Carlson not to run a second segment of lies. You know it's a lie. You've admitted it's a lie. And Speaker McCarthy is every bit as culpable as Mr. Carlson. Speaker McCarthy's decision to share security footage with Fox looked like a mistake from the very beginning. But after last night, it looks like a disaster. Spe Speaker McCarthy has played a treacherous, a treacherous game by catering to the hard right. He's enabled the big lie and has further eroded away at our precious democracy. When people don't believe elections are on the level, that's the beginning of the end of this bold experiment in democracy 
that has gone on for more than 200 years. <clears throat> it's all the more shameful because Speaker McCarthy knows precisely what kind of customer Mr. Carlson is. He's not surprised by this outcome. What a low point for Speaker McCarthy. What a low point for Fox News. As reporting on the Dominion lawsuit shows, Mr. Carlson had no problem admitting behind the scenes that the big lie is pure garbage. When Sidney Powell went on the air to push the stolen election narrative, Mr. Carlson told fellow anchor, anchor, anchor Laura Ingram that Sidney Powell is lying. His words by the deposition. Mr. Carlson's own producer texted him that, quote, I don't think there is evidence of voter fraud that swung the election. They know. They know full well they've been lying. And they're doing it anyway. I wonder, did CNN ever lie? Did the media on the left ever lie? We're going to sort this out when we come back. Some of your, your blood's boiling right now. We're going to sort it out. Stay right here. Oh, and check out this special announcement about a special resource offer you want to take advantage of. Hey, friends, Michael Brown here. You know, it seems the whole country now is talking about revival. Could it be that a fresh wave of revival is here? Friends, I've said for decades, without a fresh wave of revival in the church and awakening in society, it's, it's over for America as we know it. And that's why I wrote the book, Revival or We Die. A Great Awakening is Our Only Hope. Friends, when you read this book, it won't just give you a vision of what revival can do in society, in the church, but in your own heart, in your own life, it'll light a fresh fire in you. It'll ignite something in you, a hunger, a desire, a vision of what God can do through a yielded life. Revival or we die. I even have a whole chapter where I share intimate, open prayers I've prayed to God, even in recent years, to ignite afresh a first love in me. I believe as you read it, something will be ignited within you as well. But you know, whenever revival comes, there's controversy. And that's why I wrote the Revival Answer book. I wrote it in the midst of the Brownsboro Revival, answering the many honest questions. Is there too much emotion? What about shaking? What about falling? What about unusual things that happen in revival? And, and can we really expect revival in the last days or will things only get worse? When you order this hardcover edition of Revival or We Die, I want to give you this book, the Revival Answer Book, 300-page book. I want to give it to you absolutely free. So here's the number to call, 1-800-538-5275. That's one 800 538 5275 or go to org. just click on shop and when you do you'll see the special offer the hardcover edition of revival or we die a great awakening is our only hope along with the revival answer book is our free gift to you when you order one more time the number to call 1-800-538-5275 the time for revival is It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on The Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. All right, back to January 6th and news coverage. And again, because this is just coming up in the news and big national stories, I did want to comment it on the air. But once again, not to just get you worked up or angry on one side or the other, but rather to talk constructively. You can weigh in, 866-34-TRUTH. I'm going to be going to the phones shortly. Remember, I voted for Donald Trump twice, 2016 and 2020. 
So I was a Trump voter when I, I said that I blamed him for the atmosphere that surrounded January 6th and for the provocations leading up to it, not legally, but morally. So this was as a Trump voter, I said those things. So I may have gotten everybody upset because I come from different angles, but I'm, I'm just trying to be truthful and honest before the Lord and with each of you. Look, how many of us watched coverage maybe on CNN as, as the, here's a reporter with a building on fire in the background, an Antifa set on fire, a BLM set on fire, talking about the, the mainly peaceful protests. And, and they're not showing the pictures of the people in the crowd getting beaten or a police officer getting beaten or others. I mean, I saw some footage, uh, just individual shots and, and, and videos. It was sickening to watch people just beaten by the crowd or, or a, a store owner just coming out and saying, hey, get away from my store. I'm trying to do business here. And they beat the person savagely. And yet it's being reported as mostly peaceful. And the endless Russia collusion lies that were being put forward and just were every angle and Trump this and Trump that. So I saw imbalanced reporting on all sides. I saw it on all sides. I mainly read news. I don't watch. But Nancy will often ask me to watch something or I'll get video clips sent to me. Or if I'm reading something, I want to see more, then I'll, then I'll dig in and, and, and look at the actual videos and see what's going on. But, but I saw exaggerated, misleading reporting on all sides. And regardless of, of where you come down with the uh, elections, whether they were fair or not, I'm not even commenting on that whatsoever. That's not my, my question. And I know there was much prayer before the elections, after the elections. I trust it is God's will for Joe Biden to be the president of the United States, be it for judgment, be it to bring awakening, whatever God's purpose, I believe that this was an answer to prayer. However it came about, fairly or through fraud, I, I believe this is God's explicit will and answer to prayer and for good or for bad, for judgment or for blessing. OK, that's what I believe. And that's what I've accepted from from day one, especially putting things in the hands of the courts as well. Having said that, there is no question that January 6th was an ugly day. There is no question that the events that happened there were ugly, that that they they do produce fear in people's hearts and they played into the worst stereotypes of Trump supporters so that all of you or all of us, we are now insurrectionists. We are now evil people wanting to overthrow the government. We all wanted to hang Mike Pence. We all wanted to take out Nancy Pelosi. We're all these evil bigots, especially if you're a white Republican, you're an evil, racist bigot. So this played into the worst scenario, the worst stereotyping, the worst exaggerated pictures that were being painted. If you're a Christian, you're all Christian dominionists and the worst kind of Christian nationalists and, and trying to take over the government violently. So now the left had its narrative. Now the left had its story to see, you see, aha. So in those ways, it was terribly damaging and a natural fruit of Trump's weaknesses. I thank God for his strengths and I grieve over his weaknesses. Same with the man like Martin Luther. I thank God for his strengths and grieve over his weaknesses. And the same for any of us who have any prominence with strengths and weaknesses. I rejoice over the strengths and grieve over the weaknesses. It could be the same in my own life, all right? But when you're that powerful, it's going to be very, very exaggerated for the world to see. Were there other things going on that maybe your curiosities about January 6th? Were there ways the police behaved? Perhaps, per per perhaps. I I'm looking at a statement. In fact, let me read some of this to you. This was posted from the desk of the, the chief of Capitol Police, Thomas Manger, or Manger. Uh, and and he, he said this, 
He said, last night, an opinion program aired commentary that was filled with offensive and misleading conclusions about the January 6th attack. The opinion program never reached out to the department to provide accurate context. One false allegation is that our officers helped the rioters and acted as tour guides. This is outrageous and false. This department stands by the officers in the video that was shown last night. I don't have to remind you how outnumbered our officers were on January 6th. Those officers did their best to use de-escalation tactics to try to talk rioters into getting each other to leave the building. The program conveniently cherry-picked from the calmer moments of our 41,000 hours of video. The commentary fails to provide context about the chaos and violence that happened before or during these less tense moments. And it goes on from there. So I believe that a full picture is still a grievous picture. I still believe is it, it is an exaggeration to speak about, quote, the insurrection, because I do not believe that was the intent of almost all the people that showed up, the vast, vast majority. Like I said, it could be 99% of those who showed up. I do not believe it was on their agenda. And even those that may have had that agenda, there, there was not an organized plot we're gonna, or, or a, an actual feasible organized plot. We're going to overthrow the government today. We're going to take over and establish Trump as the king and whatever. No, there were some insurrection tendencies, insurrection tendencies among some, for sure, for sure. All right, I'm, I'm sure there's some insurrectionist tendencies uh, among Antifa leaders and other things like that. They're going to overthrow in their own way. It was a grievous, ugly moment. I still stand behind it was the storming of the Capitol and it was ugly, it was dangerous, it was frightful, and, and we do well to take stock from it to brand it the insurrection and to brand all those who were Trump supporters as part of the insurrection is misleading and it's self-inflammatory to say it was to just downplay it as mainly peaceful. And you may have had a couple of elements here and there is to downplay the ugliness and the severity of it. Either way, whatever your own view and conclusion, let us be responsible citizens. And as followers of Jesus, let us set an example of honoring authority, that, that we always honor the highest authority. So if the earthly authority tells us to disobey God, if the earthly authority says you must shoot your neighbor, then we say with all respect to your authority, I have to obey God and, and God tells me not to murder, right? So we always obey the highest authority. Otherwise, we should be model citizens. Let's stand for what right, what's right. Let's do what's right. But let the world look at us and see that we are model citizens, that we are in control, model citizens. We will stand for what's right. We will stand strongly. We will speak strongly. We will not hold back. We will act righteously, but we will be model citizens in what we do and how we do it. That is to the glory of God. No outlet for the flesh here. Instead, crucify that flesh and do what you do to honor the Lord. All right, let's, um, let's make our way over to Jackson, Mississippi. Jonathan, thanks for holding. Welcome to the line of fire. I'm Dr. Brown. Hey, are you familiar with the Epic Times? Yes, I am. They did an excellent documentary on January 6th that I watched, and they had a police training expert that was Jewish pointing out a lot of the things that the Capitol Police did that violated their training, especially the excessive use of force against Ashley Babbitt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, a, a, again... The heat of the moment, that's one of those, those tragic things 
that happens. I, I certainly don't believe, sir, that, that someone went there that day with any thought of, of killing someone, right? You know, you see someone coming in through the window. Right. And, and you know, you say, okay, the, you, you're fearful. All this crazy stuff is going on. And, and you shoot the person. Look, there have been other instances of, of officers doing that. They think someone's got a gun or someone's about to do them harm, and they shoot them and find out it was just a comb in their pocket or something. Uh, right. Yeah, so it, it's, it's very sad that happened, but in yes. the heat of the moment, boy, it was, it, it was a crazy day. And, and you just, you know, you think, what's going to happen next? And who's, who are they coming after? We've got elected officials in here. But, but overall, and I, and I haven't, I've read more articles in the, in the Epoch Times for people, one of the spelling, it's E-P-O-C-H, and I've looked at some carefully researched work they've done, but I, I didn't see the documentary. Overall, what picture were they seeking to present? Do what, sir? Oh, overall, the Epic Times documentary, what kind of picture did they paint about the events of January 6th? Uh, they pretty much painted that, that uh, the Capitol Police didn't follow the police training that they should have uh, followed according to this expert got it got it that that's the main thing i got out of it right right did they deal with at any point there's a video clip many of us have seen where there's a policeman and as the crowd starts running he's just like okay go ahead go ahead the barriers are down just go ahead Did, did they address that I can't remember. It's been so long since I watched the documentary. I would have to rewatch it to answer that question. Okay. Well, Jonathan, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the call and, and mentioning that. So, so look, there are for sure things that happen that uh, I, I don't understand. Like that one of the police officers just waving people through. And was he complicit with it? Was he one of the protesters? He agreed with the protesters. Was there something more shady going on? You have these questions, but you've got to judge by the whole, not by a part. And, and just for all of us, whether you love Fox News or hate Fox News, whether you love CNN or hate CNN, whether you're into MSNBC, whether you read the Epic Times, whatever your source is, I just encourage you, don't stay in your own echo chamber. All right? Step back and get different perspectives and look at the evidence from different sides. Look, there are things that just bah, they bother me. <laughs> they, they just inherently and intrinsically bother me. And it's agitating to me to get news or reports from, from certain sources. But, hey, they may have a perspective I need to hear. Uh, I'm preparing for some debates March 20th in London with a, with a Muslim on whether Muhammad is prophesied in the Bible. And then March 23rd on a live stream with a Hebrew Israelite on who are the, the real Israelites. And, of course, I categorically differ with their material. I, I want to do my best to demolish the error and show what's wrong in the material. But I have to go to those sources to hear what they have to say and how they say it to understand their argument so I can best respond. And when we're talking about a political issue where you're going to have lots of different opinions, when you're talking about a volatile event that happened it's so important to, to sit and listen to perspectives you don't agree with and sit with people that, that you don't even like the way they present things. But, OK, what are they saying? and Why are they saying it? So, like I said, I, I am not a Chuck Schumer fan. I, am, I do not look to him as a political leader. I'm not a Chuck Schumer fan. Was he quoting accurately about Fox hosts 
not believing the election was stolen, but going along with it. Go to the fact. Dig. Get to the facts. It's not Schumer versus Carlson or this or that. It's let's just pursue truth. Let's be people of truth, not partisan politics. Fair enough. We'll be right back. Chronic inflammation is the greatest health threat to humanity. Infections, injuries, toxins, poor diet, and chronic stress can attack your immune system and lead to chronic inflammation. But now there's a solution you can fight this dangerous silent killer with, Nopalea. Made from the superfruit of the Nepal cactus, containing a unique group of bioflavonoids clinically shown to reduce chronic inflammation. In a random double-blind placebo-controlled study, it showed a reduction of elevated at-risk C-reactive protein levels, resulting in an improvement in range of motion in the back, neck, and joints, and an overall improvement in the quality of life. Nopalea has helped thousands of people by lowering levels of chronic inflammation. So call now, 800-811-9628, or go to Trivita.com. Use the promo code BROWN25 for 25% off your first order, and Trivita will give a substantial portion of your order to help support the Line of Fire radio broadcast. Or call 800-811-9628. Let's hear what customers are saying. A couple of months ago, I discovered Nopalea, and I started taking it every day like they suggested, and I started to have more movement and not feel the same stiffness. It, it keeps me going. I don't have to take days off anymore. I don't have to wear the brace around my back. I love Nopalea because I can go out and run with a girl that's half my age and still stay stride for stride with her, and my joints and my knees aren't bothering. is fantastic. Call now, 800-811-9628. Or go to Trivita.com. Use the promo code BROWN25 for 25% off your first order. Or call 800-811-9628. That's 800-811-9628. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on The Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. You know, I'm sitting here and I just noticed something. So Nancy had reminded me oh, some months back that my mother used to jog a lot at the gym, you know, on the treadmill and, and that she hurt her knees and that, that my knees seemed to be somewhat similar to her. So when I'd be running on the treadmill at home, I, if, if I've really put, really got into it and really went for it, that almost always would have knee pain for a while afterwards. And then when I do my normal exercises, you know, my health update, right? I do my normal exercises, my, my squats and things like that, or burpees, jumping up and down. It would hurt my knees. So when I'm doing radio, I'm, I'm sitting and, and my knees are bent, uh, folded under the, under the desk, under the table. So there would often be a little pain. Uh, so I, I did a heavy knee workout the other day, and I've just been realizing that the no Pelea stuff, it's, it's actually making a difference because I'm sitting here, it's like, oh, it, Pain's not there, and, I, and I've been pushing, so that's, that is positive. So as you get good results, let us know, because we, this is about uh, not just helping the ministry, but helping you also. So call and get your free wellness consultation, 800-811-9628, 811-9628. Okay, I received, I received this email from a friend saying, what do I say to this? And it's a meme. 
The meme says this. I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you don't like abortion, don't have one. And if you don't like the Target as boy clothes with rainbows on them, don't shop there. No one's forcing you to do any of that blank. So stop trying to prevent the rest of us from being able to. Also says, if you don't like drag queens, don't go to a drag show. So I suggested a response like this. What would someone have say, say this? If you don't like murder, don't kill someone. Or if you don't like slavery, don't own a slave. If you don't like racism, don't be a bigot. But if someone else wants to murder or own a slave or be a racist, that's their business. Would someone accept it? No, because murder is wrong and it's hurting someone else. Well, the same with abortion. Uh, abortion is wrong because it's hurting someone else. It's not right if you don't like it, don't do it, but someone else is being hurt. Here, what if you saw parents bringing their kids into strip clubs and the kids are sitting there watching people strip? You would say that's child abuse, but it's, it's the parents' choice. No, 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 that's, that's child abuse. That's a wrong thing. And in fact, it would be illegal for the parents to do that or for the strip club to allow the kids, the the little kids to come in. So it's right if you see drag queens trying to, quote, groom toddlers, not necessarily for sexual activity, but so that they'll be accepting of these variant expressions and things like that. Well, that's another form of child abuse. You should be concerned about it. And it's, it's not enough to say, well, I don't believe slavery is right, so I'm not going to have a slave, but I'm not going to tell someone else not to. No, because someone else's life is being hurt. So the right thing to do is to speak and to act because others are being hurt. What consenting adults do in the, in the, in the privacy of their own home is, is not my business. It's not your business. We're not there trying to look in through the windows and see what's going on. And we're not trying to stop people from sinning or living their lives. If you want to be an atheist, if you want to be a Buddhist, if you want to be a Muslim, if you want to be a Christian, if, if you want to go to the bar and get drunk, that's your business. But if you get behind the wheel and drive, it can affect others. Now it's, it's others' business as well. So we just have to interact where things intersect with our lives. As, as for not going to a store that has stuff that sell things and put things out a certain way, that's our prerogative not to go. But it's also fine to draw attention to it, say we don't believe this is a good or a healthy thing. Why can't we? do that. All right. Um, A quick testimony for you. I believe I have time to read it. I was picked up at the airport a few weeks ago on my way to an academic conference, and the young man picking me up at the airport, 29 years old, works at this seminary and is also a pastor. And we talked about revival. It was right when things had broken in Asbury. I I prayed for him uh, before he dropped me off at the hotel. And he... um, He sent me this email today. He said, I went with a group of 16 people from the church I pastor to the Asbury outpouring. We waited two plus hours to get in. The whole group was struck by how unremarkable the experience was. It was all very normal on the surface, except people were encountering God in very real ways. Out of the whole group, I was the only one who had a notable experience with God beyond normal worship. But it was clear that God was meeting people. We like so many others who visited Asbury, realized that people were coming hungry for God and he was meeting them. The following Sunday, I preached on hungering for God and shared the stories of four people I had encountered at the revival, each hungering for God in a different way. At the end of our 11.30 a.m. service, people stayed unusually long for the altar call. Then a group coalesced that just kept praying and singing. So this is his normal Sunday morning service. So they finish 11.30, People stay. 
Then a group coalesced that just kept praying and singing. We didn't feel like we should leave, but we also didn't know why we were staying in particular. The Lord impressed Genesis 32 on my heart. I will not let you go until you bless me. We kept praying and singing, mostly a cappella, around 5 p.m. So they've been there now five and a half hours. A few other church members joined. Someone must have texted others because soon more people started showing up from other churches. By the end of the night, 100 plus people had come in from a dozen churches. We were worshiping and praying intensely. So so this has gone now all through the day and night. At 1 a.m., so so you're talking now well over 12 hours, 13 hours plus. At 1 a.m., a guy who attends Foundry surrendered his life to Jesus. We didn't have an invitation and no one encouraged it. The presence of God brought him to a place of full submission to Jesus. He asked to be baptized that night. We still had the baptismal set up from several baptisms earlier in the day. So we baptized him and finished the gathering for the night. The next five days, we gathered from 6 to 11 p.m. each night. Hundreds of people from many different churches came. God met us in very real ways. Lots of emotional healing, one physical healing, freedom from addictions and bondages. God's love was experienced in deeply personal and life-changing ways. Several of us young leaders from different churches connected through this experience. We have decided to create a space for worship and prayer in a non-church setting. We're leaving all the church's names out, hoping to draw people from many of the churches in the area, but primarily hoping to connect with unchurched young people. I'm the oldest person involved at 29 years old. Our first gathering is this Friday night, and we're planning at least four weeks. We'll follow the Spirit's leading from there. What a, te- what a beautiful testimony. And again, in this same innocent way of just not trying to hype things or put on some show, but God's just coming. God's stirring friends. It's happening all over America. If it's not happening where you are, lift your eyes, lift your heart and say, God, don't pass us by. Meet us here. Move here. Touch us. He does respond to hunger. God fills the hungry. God satisfies the thirsty. The email continues, Saturday, I read your book, Revival or We Die, which I had sent him after our, our car ride, and it deeply affected me. In particular, your, import, your, your discussion about the importance of teaching on sin. I've been wrestling with where to lead our churches, our church coming out of this move of God. Purity of heart and life is the direction of the Lord. The Lord's made clear through your book. The next three weeks, we will focus on sin and, of course, the God who gives us purity and freedom. I read the Brownsville book, which I recommended to him by Steve Raby over the last few years, few days. It was eye-opening and helpful, especially com- to compare how Asbury and Brownsville were experienced and stewarded. A mentor gave me a book on the East African revival that I'll be reading next. So friends, we will continue to talk about revival and continue to help point you into a real encounter with God, not hype, not emotionalism, not the flesh, but real life-changing encounter, word and spirit together. It's the God way. It's the biblical way. And I encourage you to take advantage of our special resource offer this month, my book, Revival or We Die, the very one that was just mentioned. It's a beautiful hardcover, and it's, it's not a big fat book. It's one, each chapter is boom, boom, will stir you, will encourage you. And, and yes, we talk about rediscovering the law of God and the truth of God, and they call the repentance in the center of revival as Jesus is being lifted up. So the book, Revival or We Die, and then the book that I wrote in the Brownsville days, the Revival Answer Book, because when, when God moves in revival, controversy will come. I've said for many years, you can have controversy without revival, but you can't have revival without controversy. 
and, and it was Arthur Wallace who wrote this and Duncan Campbell who seconded it. If something claims to be a revival and it's not spoken against, check again to see if it's really a revival. How do you sort out what's from above, what's from below? How do you sort out that which is human, that which is heavenly, that which is hellish? How, how, do, how do you steward this? How do you welcome the spirit, but, but not give room to false spirits? So those are the things we address when you order revival or we die, we give you free the revival answer work. It's about 300 pages long. So take advantage of that by calling 800-538-5275. Get a few copies for yourself, for your for pastors, leaders, for others, 800-538-5ASK. And it's, it's our way also of just sowing more seeds, trying to get more resources in your hands so that as God comes and visits and, and touches, that you'll be able to, to recognize the moving of God. Here, it was something so simple. It, it was something as, as simple as we just felt to stay a little and to pray. Can I encourage you, friend, in your own personal life that when you just feel an extra urge to prayer, go with it. It, it, it may last five minutes. It, it, it may last an hour, but you're, you're driving in your car and you suddenly you just feel a desire to worship. Go with it. You, you have a greater hunger for the word. Just put aside the other things and go with it. You, you feel disprompted. Skip a meal. Skip a meal. Just take a step. Do it. Often it's the obedience to the little promptings, the obedience to the little leadings, the responses to the, to, to the, to the hunger, the thirst that God's really looking for. You know, it's just like in a relationship. As you get to know someone better and they, they better understand you, and you get to pick up their signals more and that then opens up their heart to share more with you because of that intimacy. Cultivate that with the Lord, not in a legalistic way, but in a life-giving way. You'll be amazed to see what God does in you. May the fire of God burn in your heart and those around you. May you see the outpouring you long to see that Jesus may be glorified. Right back with you tomorrow, Thoroughly Jewish Thursday. Another program powered by the Truth Network.